Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another uh, episode of the Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures. Uh, tonight, kind of a neat little topic. Um, we're going to be talking about books, and what do we mean by books? Well, just that, books, but we have a good recommendation, uh, or sorry, a good broad spectrum of recommendations that we think um, new listeners, old listeners, people just getting into bushcraft, people that are looking to expand to their bushcraft knowledge. I think there's going to be something in there for everyone. Don't you think, Ben? Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, knowledge is, is, is an awesome thing, and, and it's hard to keep all of this stuff in your head. And having these books, these reference materials that you can come back to and, and read and look at and learn and, and revisit, because as you learn, you're going to find yourself coming back to the same, these same books with a fresh set of eyes and thinking about things differently. And we got a fair bit to say about this. I, I, I suspect that we will easily hit our hour plus that we normally hit when we try not to hit. Oh, definitely. We're going to have to try and curb this a little bit, I think. I think this will uh, this could very easily become an all-night ramble if we so let it uh, be that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this, this is a topic where, I mean, any one of these books, me and you could probably sit here and talk for hours on each individual book. And, and, and with the plethora that we have here, and I mean, these are, and keep in mind everyone, these are a small sampling of what we own. There are other books that we would have to just dig out because they're not as, as, as high on the list maybe, or as frequently visited, but that doesn't mean they're not there and they're not important to us. It's just, these are ones that we thought were worth talking about. And, and we won't cover all the ones we have here. I know that. No, no, we're going to run out of time. I can guarantee you, but I do have to do one thing before we get into this, Ben, I did make a small promise. A small shout out to uh, a new listener of ours, uh, just get in contact with me today, we were chatting back and forth, they're in the comments right now, going with the handle Mad Dog Brown, um, works for a archery company down in Alabama, if I remember correctly, I don't have it up in front of me, I'm sorry if I got that wrong, but anyway, I know it's, he works for an archery company, um, so I reached out to them, I'm going to be ordering some lighted knocks, I haven't even told you this yet Ben, I'm going to get some lighted knocks from them, I'm going to bring them in and I'm going to send some up to you as well. Sorry. Nope, it's all good. Nope. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to get some lighted knocks in from them. I'm going to send a couple up to you. I'm going to play with a couple, so something to look forward to. But yeah, oh, yeah. first time listener, well, new listener, first time live comments. So welcome to the show there, Mad Dog Brown, and hello to everybody else there too, of course. I'd rather be outside. Steve, Troy, uh, Scott, all our regulars there. Always good to have you. So. Why don't we fly right into it? I just took a glance over all my archery gear. <laughs> that needs to come out soon. <laughs> I had mine out the other day. Uh, you can uh, well, you see the shirt. Where where are we at? You see the shirt actually covering the the compound bow right now. But I actually took the time to take it out and take a few shots. So I, I got a few projects. As soon as I can get through these, it's it's going to be a thing for me where I'm going to do more of this. I have us up. On YouTube, and I'm oh no, we're working fine. We're frozen. That's fine. Ah, yeah. So I think we both have our books broken up into categories. I have four categories. You said you more or less had two. Well, two to three. I kind of, I kind of went for. I don't want to say skill level, but knowledge level. Like I got some more in depth books. I got some stuff that are kind of middle of the road, and then I got some books that are just you know, roundabout books, but they have a lot of good information in them. 
Um, I'm just trying to think of the best way to start this. And I think maybe it's worth talking about because this, this is always a, a good starting point, I think. Uh, three of the books I have here are actually first aid books. Uh, two are wilderness first aid and one is just a standard first aid. And I think this might be a, a starting point. I mean, there's always has to be one. But uh, first aid, uh, a great topic of books to have and references. Because when you're in the woods, you don't have all the options there all the time. So having something that you can reference is great. And I use, I often have something like this thrown into my bag or the app, which mm. I use. So I just thought maybe maybe that would be a starting point. Um, no, it's a it's a real good starting point. I didn't think of that either. I generally carry one of the MFR manuals in my truck. I never even thought about that, Ben. You beat me to the punch. Um, but like I said, I mean, a, a hard copy book never goes astray. Um, I've done the the wilderness first aid course, and that's why I have the books, and and that's an awesome course if anyone has a chance to do it. I'm not even sure they give the book out with it anymore. I believe they stop. I don't know, but. I know with the emergency wilderness responder, you still get a book, but I don't know about the the wilderness first aid. I know just your standard emergency first aid stuff you don't, but the standard first aid book is a free download. Uh, Amazon, I think, and everything else. It's just a PDF uh, style, but it's great because it's searchable and, and, and all that. But, I mean, you know, right down to the basic safety thing, you're out there by yourself or, or with friends uh, or even with your pet knowing how to deal with a small injury or or, or a more my, major injury or or any health issues is a great starting point for anyone in the woods you know how do you get yourself you know how do you patch yourself up and get out of there and how do you recognize problems you know heat exhaustion dehydration uh hypothermia hypothermia all these things right so uh just a reference that i think is 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 definitely worthy of being in anyone's library uh and and definitely worthy of checking out and uh and and keeping up to date on what's you know what's in there and and what you may have to do no i completely agree with you uh even even the um, <clears throat> the little manuals and like the larger first aid kits and stuff, they give you some basic instruction. Don't get me wrong. They'll catch you out of a pinch. But actually having a manual like you had there, or one of the free ones you mentioned, it's going to give you not only something to do while you're laying in, you know, in the hammock or in your cot or whatever it happens to be at night waiting to drift off, which is a great thing to do just before you go to sleep, by the way. It, I find it real calming out in the woods. Read a little bit. But if you have the manual, you, can, you might actually be able to build on uh, some of the skills or at least theory. Uh, that may point you in the direction of developing those skills further for if you're going to continue, you know, living the outdoors lifestyle. Because if you, we've talked about this many times on the show, uh, living the outdoor lifestyle, and I'm going to not say bushcrafting, but the outdoor lifestyle encompassing everything in this, uh, there's going to be a lot of times where you're going to be in remote areas. Uh, you may be by yourself or only with a small group. And this is all good information that can really save your bacon. Oh, uh, for sure. Um, Yeah, and, and I think, and I truly believe this: the more prepared you are, the most, the least likely you are to need it. True, because you know what to look out for, and it just seems like dumb luck. 
It does, but I think if you if you have this knowledge in the back of your head, it, you you kind of now you're already kind of thinking about what could happen, and you're and you're prepping yourself to not have it happen. So you know this is is literally, in my opinion, where an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of pain. So taking the time to read these books and, and really understand it. So, in the States, volunteer fire departments are willing to allow people from the community to come join in in training, so joining them for a first aid class is free. That's kind of neat. Uh, up here in Canada, occasionally there'll be some free first aid courses that are put on. It's usually basic first aid. Um, the fire departments up here, you pretty much have to be a member off to get in on any of the training. Uh, very rarely is it sent out to the, uh, the public, and that's generally just because of funding. Funding works a little different up here than it does down there and uh, uh, maybe towards HRM or something like that where they're provincially funded or they have a little better pool. Maybe things are different, but I know like all, all us rural areas, most of us struggle struggle for members and money. <laughs> so it's not that we don't want to, it's just we don't really have the means to. Uh, sometimes we struggle to get our own guys through it, but I, I, I love the idea. I wish we could do more of that up here, honestly. Like everybody should have a basic first aid. It's just good information. Similar with our search and rescue group, uh, I don't know if we've ever... If you join, though, we'll generally help you get it, make sure it's sure it happens on a fairly regular basis. Um, me and you are both up on our first aid um, for various reasons, but uh, <laughs> I think the same problems are, are, are everywhere. I mean, first aid is, is a, you know, St. John's Ambulance, uh, Red Cross, or... They're still businesses. They make money, whether they're for profit or not. They do generate <clears> revenue. <throat> they hire people. There's costs to the materials, buildings, training, all the stuff. So there, there's a fee to it, and and different people use it a way to draw people. And yeah, no, for sure. Uh, and it's it's a great idea how to draw people into your organization by by being active community members. Uh, I know our search and rescue group, we try to be as active as we can with all community events so people are aware of us and, and show up, and, and that's how we gain membership. Uh, but uh, funding is, is is a struggle, for sure. Uh, I suggest Strandabout Media, to your region, not so much as And you know what? We're going to get to that. <laughs> Roundabout, oh, yeah. we're, we're on the same thought process. Don't get me wrong. We, that's covered in our spectrum here. Um, but yeah, okay, so let's just move on. Like I said, we're, we got a lot to go through. So let's, what you got there, Ben? Well, I thought we'd maybe move to sort of like, because I think it's the next step. Uh, I know we both have different versions. Uh, the SAS uh, survival manual. And this is going to co cover a lot of first aid stuff. It's also going to cover a lot of shelter building. Not that, I mean, you did get some of that in the Wilderness First Aid. And I have, and I showed you this earlier, and this is Land at Sea Emergencies by National Defense. So this is the Canadian version, really, of, of the SAS handbook. And same deal. I mean, a ton of information, how to make traps, how to make shelters, how to do certain types of first aid, how to locate edible food. Uh, really, and I want to say basic, but really, um, fundamental it's intermediate stuff. information. Yeah. It's, it's fundamental, fundamental to intermediate. Right. 
it's it's solid information and yeah from from the most beginner to the most experienced there's great information in these types of books and they're fairly readily available and i know the sas has apps you can get an sas mm -hmm. app i don't know if they're all good some of them are, are may charge a little bit of money but i mean i i'm fairly pro app because everyone has a phone and you can't carry like I probably have 20 pounds of books here with me. Me and you don't carry 20 pounds of books when we go in the woods. We no, most not. times I carry a book. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you have to pick and choose. But if you, you're going to carry your phone and it's basically a GPS, it's basically a reference material, it's basically a flashlight, it's an emergency way of contacting people. So throwing a few cheap apps, free to cheap apps, a few downloading a few books it's a great way to get some of this stuff in without adding weight but there's no hard to beat a physical book when you when you have the room and the space for it what was the uh, name of the uh canadian one there again ben somebody just asked and i'm going to see if i can find it land and sea emergencies Here, there's there's a number all all military books have a number C twenty two dash zero five zero dash zero zero three slash PT dash zero zero one. Okay, can you say that one more time there, Ben? And I'm gonna try and like I said, see if I can throw this in here. C dash twenty two. Dash zero five zero. Yep. Dash zero zero three slash PT dash zero zero one. All right. Anyway, keep going. I'm going to see if I can find this and get a link to it for people. Yeah. So, you know, it's just a solid little book. And it, it shows all kinds of great little pieces of information. And it's kind of designed uh, for a soldier who basically ends up separated from, from people, uh, from his, his, uh, his group, his, his, his company, his battalion, his whatever. Or, you know, it could be a down pilot. It could be, I think I had another book and I don't have it here, but it was called Down But Not Out. It was also a Canadian book, I'm pretty sure. And it was what you do if you, uh, if you crashed a plane um, in the Canadian Armed Forces. And it's, it was a great piece of, uh, of literature also. These, these things are available. You can find them around. I, Robert may prove me wrong right now. No, nope, uh, you can request formats off them, and I'm looking at the publications of Government Canada. Uh, this publication yeah. is issued to provide Canadian forces, air crew personnel, and aircraft passengers with uh, methods of surviving on land or sea in the event of an emergency landing or bailout. Uh, yeah. There's a permanent link to the catalog, and then there is an email there, and I'm not going to put it up because it's Government of Canada, but uh, you can contact them about getting publications of this. So yes, you can still get it. Uh, it's publications.gc.ca, and you can search it, and you will find it there. Um, so I, I believe someone gave me that one. Uh, I have been associated with the military in the past. I don't think it was issued to me. I think I got it for Christmas from somebody one time. But I have enjoyed it, and it's usually somewhere near my bedside or here in the office. Uh, it's it's usually not all that far away, and. You know, I might go months or years without picking it up, but every time I pick it up, you know, it's it's always an interesting flick through. It's always something neat to look at and see, and and uh, great conversation uh, starter if you got a few buddies around and you want to talk with stuff. 
the uh, SAS one also. I mean, this little pocket one I have here. I mean, it's color images, identify food, shows you all kinds of shelter, food, uh, traps, how to cook, how to do mouth to mouth, <clears throat> how to carry, do body carries. I mean, everything in there. Strategies. Um, no, I love the SAS handbook. Uh, actually, Mel and I were just talking about that. I think she got it for me, uh, or she thinks she got it for me. I honestly can't remember. I know, kind of bad. But anyway, uh, there there is a, a ton of information in there. And like you said, there. Um, let's just flip to something kind of here. Hopefully something with color. Now, there we go. So this is Dangerous Sea Creatures. And I mean... Right? So it, it's good information. Uh, and Scott, no, that's probably not going to be available on Amazon. Like I said, that is a Canadian government pub uh, publication. Probably going to have to go through them to get an official copy. Uh, I can type the title of it in. I don't think that can get me in trouble. And I don't, you know. I don't think so, but, yeah. All right, Bad Dog, thanks for joining us. You have a good one. Uh, so, while you look for that, I'm just going to, do you mind if I keep moving along, Ben? Keep things running? Go ahead. All right, so while we're on these kind of broad-spectrum books, uh, I, I kind of have a, a small series over here uh, from Outdoor Life, and I was showing Ben them, and I can see him smiling there. And these are kind of, they are not the Holy Bible or Holy Grail or any of that of, like, bushcrafting, camping, outdoors, and stuff like that. But it is, uh, once again, good broad-spectrum stuff. Uh, so the first one that I have here is... Preparing for Anything Survival Manual. And this is, uh, like I said, this is Outdoor Life. They made a series of these books. And this is not just bushcraft. This is like, um, I, I'm trying to remember everything that was in this. I think this is like blackouts and um, uh, how to build a proper first uh, emergency first aid and being in uh, low water situations and how to escape a building, burning building. Like this is just general kind of knowledge. And there's a lot of great stuff in there. Um, oh, yeah. it's all basic. Don't get me wrong. It's like the fundamentals, like we've been talking about, but it's, if you're just looking for something to be entertaining and get a, a good amount of knowledge out of like general knowledge, th this whole series of books is great. Uh, would I take these into the woods and expect to live for a month? Uh, I might get a week if I eat the book, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm not knocking the book. It's a good book for what it is. It was never meant to be like the, uh, the take into the woods and survive anything kind of book. It's the, you take it, you read it, you pick out the information that's good for you kind of book, uh, and build on the areas where you have interest in. And, so, oh, sorry, go ahead. I can't find my copy of that. <laughs> I looked for it. Anyways, the zombie survival guide. Uh, surprisingly, as, as humorous as the whole thing is, Similar to what you said, like I wouldn't depend on this. It's very pro thought provoking because they bring up a lot of points in. Mel's here trying to get a bag of popcorn and we have no microwave. <laughs> but it brings up like different points, like why you would choose, say, one weapon or one vehicle and things like that. So I, I did find it. Once you, you read through it all, like, yeah, some of it's tongue-in-cheek and some of it's funny, but it really does have a lot of solid information based off, off, you know, some logical thought processes. 
And, uh, you know, in, a, in times of panic, when you're not thinking clearly, it's surprising how often a very intelligent, very reasonable person does unintelligent, unreasonable things. And taking time to read even something as silly as this uh, actually can help. Because it, it, it kind of shows you some of the silly things and, and why it's sort of how to think. So it's just, you know, tongue-in-cheek. No, I, I legitimately looked for that book. I have a copy of that here. Um, and I think I lent it to the, the uh, to Christiane. She might have it. I can't remember right off the top of my head. But I think that's where it's at. I'm going to have to ask her. But, uh, yeah, like, silly or not, there's great information there. So Christopher Lovis said that Paul... Torrell and Dave Canterbury are great. I carry at least one of those authors in my pack at all times. And of course, Old Yeller. I can't get enough of that book. And and that's kind of the thing. There's a lot of great authors out there that you can just pick a book, keep in the bag, and it's good. So the ones that Christopher mentioned there, uh, Ray Myers, another one. I read a lot of his stuff when I was you know younger, getting into bushcraft. Uh, excellent stuff there. Um, Dave Canterbury, as you said. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other big names there that... Um, I think Cody Lundeen has one out. Uh, and some of our YouTubers have actually written books as well and uh, have published them. And there are interesting reads as well. Um, uh, Justin Bourbon? Oh, yes. For Newfoundland. Yeah. The, the Newfoundland Adventures, I know. Uh, I'd have to look it up. and I, I, I don't mean to insult Justin. I just don't have it on the tip of my tongue. I just knew it was uh, his book just... I'm going to say recently, but it's been like in the last year has come out. It's been out for over a year. We we started trying to talk to him, and, and I'll reach out again because we, we were conversing with trying to, yeah, just the new plan. Yeah, um, we, we did talk to him, and, and we did have a, kind of a thought process of actually maybe even having a chat, a live chat someday, but it just hasn't materialized. No one's fault, but it's I, uh, I haven't really reached out to him in a while. I kind of let it go. Yeah, so. no, we should definitely touch base with him again. Um, and and right. I really thought in the last two years I would have gotten one of his books for Christmas, but it has not happened, and I don't know why. Well, if you don't have one by this Christmas, Ben, I think I'll buy it for you. How about that? And you can buy it for me, and we'll just keep each other's book. <laughs> this is how we're going to explain it to the wives. <laughs> we have it all planned out. This is Robert's gift. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It was sent to me months ago. Just... <laughs> So, um, but yeah, we had a book that we both had the exact same version, uh, right here. I think it's illogical. Yeah. So this is the field and stream, the total outdoorsman manual, uh, a nice solidly built book with like metal corners to protect, protect it. And it covers quite a great, uh, it covers some basic survival stuff, but it also covers things like fishing and hunting and, like, once again, broad-spectrum stuff, real good stuff. No. Uh, you know, and it covers, like, how how to set up camp and what, how to look at the, the land. and uh, Man, it's, it is, I think there's, there's actually numbers 408 essential skills for every outdoorsman should know. Um, I'm not going to say it's a, it's a comprehensive list of everything you need to know, because I think that's a pretty tall thing to say, period. But if you knew everything that was in this book, and you knew it well, 
there's not too many people who would not say you're a competent outdoorsman. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at too. Like I said, this covers a lot of stuff uh, from entry to intermediate level, but it is yeah. awesome foundations again. These are all kind of foundations books we're talking about, and I can't stress enough that unless you have a good foundation, it doesn't matter. Like if you get up into some of the, the more complicated stuff we're going to talk about here in a little bit, it, it means nothing to you. You have no framework, no base to build on. Yeah, no, uh I mean, it's, it goes into everything, how, different shapes of knives, how to use a pair of binoculars. Uh, and once again, just while we're on that topic, instead of making a whole thing of it, I'll flash these two up too. These are those uh, other outdoor life ones, which is the Ultimate Winter Survival Book and the Ultimate Survival Manual Extreme Version, which once again, this is just more geared around cold weather. Um mm -hmm. And like surviving in your car or in the woods, uh, there's some snow shelter stuff in here and how to keep warm. And this ultimate survival manual extreme version, once again, this is real broad spectrum. Uh, <laughs> they have everything in here and like how to amputate a limb to um, once again, like surviving a plague. So This book is not very transportable. <laughs> Have you ever seen this one? Uh, no, I don't think I have. I was going to say the picture looks familiar, but the title doesn't sound familiar. It's it's the same idea, though. I mean, huge amount of information. I mean, the print isn't... Uh, it's not big. It's pretty small print, and it's... I mean, the thing's almost 18 inches high and a foot wide. Like, it's a big book. And uh, it covers a lot of the same information. Uh, animal identification, track identification... Of all kinds of different animals, uh, how to you know information about trees, their names, how to make, make fire, how to paddle a boat, uh, stormy weather, you know, just navigation, first aid, traveling on water, traveling on land, just uh, these reference books, these general reference books, and it, I think as outdoors people we collect these, like they're they're sort of a you see them. You buy them, and then friends see that you have books like that, and then they buy them to you for, you for Christmas and family and stuff. But I've yet to pick one up that it didn't teach me something, or it hasn't been like an awesome read, you know. So I keep these things laying all around the place just for fun, right? Um, so just looking at the comments, yeah, Christopher Love was asking if we talked about not tying books. Um, not yet. Not that I had a book that i was going to recommend here but i do kind of have two cheaty websites i wanted to talk about at the end and one of them specific about knot tying i i'm, I'm gonna admit because i'm probably in the same boat as you there i don't I, I do have some books with knot tying in it and stuff but my go-to is a couple of apps and i don't know if i have them on either phone right now but when i was doing a lot of my stuff i would download the app and just follow it step by step to do some of these knots like the diamond head knot and and a few others that I find are, are are a little bit more complex, and I need to, to have the visual to do them. Uh, but the more time you have with these knots, the better it is. I mean, knots are, are a ton of fun. Well, seeing it's we're talking about it, um, if I can figure out how to do this without crashing everything here, make sure I got the... All right, I'm just going to flip over to the full browser here. Uh, might as well just mention it, and then we can say we did it. Um, so this is the website that I was going to talk about. This is actually called, uh, animated knots 
And right. if you're literally sitting in front of your computer or on your phone or something like that, this is a great site that shows you step-by-step, step, much like you were talking about. They have an app as well. Uh, I haven't tried the app. I use the website. But anyway, for instance, if you want to do like, um, I don't know, let's just go with a sheet bend knot. Uh, yeah, so you literally just kind of, it, it walks you through the entire process, makes it real simple, different colored ropes, uh, and you can literally watch how to do these knots. And I've learned a lot of knots and perfected some knots and ones I wanted to learn I found on here. And I, I guess I should back up and say we are in no way associated with animated knots. If they give us a call and want me to take this down, I apologize now. I hope they don't because, you know, we're giving them free publicity. But in any case, um, it's a great website and I highly recommend it. Just trying to get us back here. There we go. Yeah, I, I've used one. I, it may be that one or a similar one, and and I do find it useful. Um, Rock Ropen, nine episodes. Yeah, uh, Scott, I'm, I I think I may have seen some of that. It's called Rope Clinic, about nine episodes. It's darn good. And you know what? Um. I'm thinking about doing, <laughs> not to try and, you know, chase somebody else's dream. I didn't know we had this, but I was thinking about doing something very similar for uh, Atlantic Bushcraft, doing a series on knots and ropes. Um, it's one of the things, one of the dumb things, I guess, everybody always tells me that I really enjoyed was ropes and knots. I even liked it through the fire department, stuff like that. Uh, I find it a lot of fun. And it's a good, once again, it's a good base on how to do stuff when you know decent ropes and knots. Uh, it's easy to set up your tarps. It's easy. Well, your hammocks usually come with straps now, but before I had straps and I met Ben, it's a good way to tie your, your ropes around trees. I mean, it, it's real good and I'm still planning to do that. So now that the weather's getting nicer, I may, you know, I may spearhead that now. See, what you're saying is before the whoopee sling, knots were a thing for you. <laughs> before the whoopee sling and the actual tree straps. Well, you see what I had. I had ropes on a carabiner and then ropes to go around the tree. And I had to make knots out of all of those. So, you you know, you make a bite and all that good stuff. And Now, straps, whoopee slings, way to go. Might actually be getting a new hammock and uh, a set of whoopee slings. So I may have to pick your brain on how we switch those out again. I think I still have the video, though. I think it's on our channel. Not a problem. So we've we've covered a bunch of these, and by no means are we saying we've covered all of them. We've mentioned knots. Um, did we want to talk a little bit like, like field guides? Yeah, and that's kind of where I was going to move up into now. Is like now we're going to get into a little bit more of the specific information. Uh, kind of assuming that you have a little bit of the fundamentals down. You got the groundwork laid, and looking at like that next level of information or maybe a little bit more in depth on something that you're you're interested in uh and that's kind of how mine are being rattled off here ben so which one so, did you want to start with i want to start with because it's one of my favorite books and this is the book that more often than not and and i don't know uh if anyone's ever camped with me out here but you'll you've often seen me pull this one out and it's edible wild plants uh Eastern Central North America, uh, the first uh, Peterson's Field Guide series, and this is it's a really good little book, and I really have to say I enjoy it. It it breaks down hundreds of plants. It tells you what you can do with them, how you can eat them, how you can process them. Uh, there's in the center there's a, a nice colored section that really shows you some pictures. The descriptions are awesome. Uh, 
and it's a convenient size. It's about palm size. It's a size that I really like. I don't know, four by six or whatever. It's it's a beautiful size for me to take. You can basically put it in your back back pocket and walk with it. Um, and these field guides, I really like them because there's when you're out there, it allows you to really teach yourself. Because um, you can read about this at home all day long, but until you're actually there touching the plants and feeling the plants and smelling the plants, and if, if you're starting to know what you're doing, you can taste the plants. You There's can... a safe way to do that. It's covered in the book. <laughs> it's covered in the book. Get the book, read the book, follow the book. But if you do, and you do it well, it opens up worlds out there because there's so much out there that I don't know that Robert doesn't know and that many of us here don't know. But a lot of it's in these books. And uh, I mean, last year I got to try uh, Chicken of the Woods or Sulfur Shell. And it was. So, check the comments, bud. Check the comments. <laughs> So you're reading the comments, much like Ben, I uh, I have the Edible and Medicinal Plants of Canada. Uh, same thing as Ben said, this this just, just happens to be my go-to guide, he has that one. Uh, well, Ben's reading there, I might as well bring up my second website because it's kind of a cheat onto this one. Uh, and it's the one that actually made me pick up this book. Um, so if you, there we go, flip over to this one. This is Northern Bushcraft, once again, no association, we're not getting a kickback from them nothing by that but good website and they have this section which is edible plants of nova scotia <clears throat> and the further reading section had the uh, edible and medicinal plants of canada there and that's what made me buy it but this is another good little website uh once again i would still recommend getting somebody with some experience if you actually wanted to you know start trying eating some of these things or get a good field guide this is just general information again but for instance, uh, like plantain, most people know plantain. I assume these are in alphabetical order, uh, plantain. So you can click on plantain. It's going to give you some pictures there. Uh, most people can recognize it. There is, you know, um, there's broad leaf and narrow leaf plantain. Uh, once again, if you get like one of the manuals or one of the, uh, the books, it'll go into it a little bit more in depth, but this gives you an, uh, an accurate picture. Uh, for the most part, I haven't checked every single one, so I'm not going to say all of them are 100% accurate, but at least plantain, I know for sure, is accurate picture. Uh, tells you the long, young leaves can be eaten raw. Uh, tells you how to process them a little bit and how to uh, identify them a little bit more accurately. So if you want some entry-level stuff, this is a great website to jump on. It'll at least get you motivated to maybe pick up one of the field guides like Ben and I did to uh, go a little further. But once again, I, I would definitely recommend a field guide if you do want to start dabbling into trying edibles. Or even better yet, talk to a person like uh, Cliff Serpentine. Is that his last name? Serpentine, uh, Serpentine. That's how I say it. So anyway, <laughs> Cliff Serpentine, Serpentine, I'm not sure. Uh, before COVID, he was doing wild edible courses here in Nova Scotia. I had the chance to take one. Uh, amazing course. Uh, interesting individual. If you do get a chance to talk to him and get on one of his courses, you will learn a ton. Uh, and I believe he is located out towards Lagan area. So if you're not from the area, it's Nova Scotia. Uh, if you Google like Kenzieville, Barney's River area, it's down in that area, just a little bit more specific. I don't want to actually give his actual address because I don't think he would like that because he moved off into the woods to be away from people. But... Uh, he, he has... Uh, a YouTube channel, The Naturalist. Uh, yes. I believe, 
called The Naturalist. Uh, he does some documentaries. He does some amazing work. He's also an author. He has, I've read a couple of his books. They're very well wrote, uh, very enjoyable. He is a highly intelligent man. There's no doubt about that. Um, and I believe last I heard, because I do follow him on Facebook, and I have had conversations with the man, but I've never physically met him. Uh, he is he's, he has updated his his internet or he's in the process of updating his internet and he's actually talking about doing online courses oh is he and that'd yeah, be interesting so you to do, do like a zoom meeting with him or something i'm not sure how that's going to work out um nor nor do i think he is fully sure how it's going to work out but if you're interested in that sort of thing you're interested in learning from from him uh look him up reach out to him if if he can he will i'm sure if he can't then he'll let you know i don't think he's shy <laughs> And, uh, no, he's not shot. <laughs> and, uh, edibles are not legal everywhere in the United States. <laughs> not those kind of edibles, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, definitely good information you can get out of, uh, Cliff if you can get a chance to talk to the fellow. Um, so the, the app that, uh, you're talking about there, picture this. I know it's a paid app, but there's also a, a very similar one for Nova Scotia. Once again, I think it's the Wild Edibles in Nova Scotia, uh, and you, or maybe it's Plants in Nova Scotia or something like that. You can take a snap of it, once again, specific to Nova Scotia. You take a picture off it, and Bob's your uncle, as long as you got cell service or internet, it'll give you some information on it. But there are apps like that out there. Once again, uh, I find most of them as, like, FYI apps. I would not use it as a replacement for... You know, uh, having somebody show you what's appropriate. I, I always try to caution people about trying to eat stuff in the woods if you're going in new. Uh, if you have a little bit of experience, it's a little bit of a different story. There's a proper way on how to test things. And like you said, it is mentioned in the books if you want to go down that route. But if you want to start with wild edibles, definitely like just start hanging around or get somebody to take you out that knows at least a little bit what to look for. Because uh, what's the famous saying? Everything's edible at least once. <laughs> um yeah, and one of the best pieces of advice I'd ever gotten out of it is try to learn one plant at a time. Mm. And try to learn that plant through uh, through um, various seasons. Um, because if you try to learn a lot of plants at once, there's a good likelihood you're going to mix the two of them up. And, uh, I mean, there's a few fairly famous stories of people finding plants there's a movie one into not into the wild or something like that the young fellow goes up into alaska magic school bus oh i know the one you're talking about but i can't think of the name either uh mm. but this this young fellow he he chose the wrong plant and i thought i think he found thought he found uh wild potatoes or something and it turned out to be a poisonous plant and it killed him well, I mean, uh, just on that note alone, I know I've told you this story, Ben. Uh, mint, wild mint. I was not aware that we have a type of wild mint in Nova Scotia that can literally paralyze your respiratory system. Uh, it's not common. Uh, and this is something I learned from Cliff. So now I am not so gung-ho about grabbing mint and throwing it in my water bottle anymore. I'm like, mm, I can't remember which one's not the safe one. Probably going to wait until somebody can give me a little bit more information on it. Because he just, he breezed over it. Uh... Not because he didn't want to talk about it, just because we didn't have a sample off it there. It was just something that always stuck with me. He's like, if you're going to use mint, just be very careful about it because there is like a strand that it will 
could basically shut you down. So, yeah. So that was my favorite one. Did you have a field guide you wanted to talk about, or? Uh, I, I like I said, I like my edibles, uh, of uh, edible and medicinal plants. But that this, I told you this before. This is my go-to. Um, this is old as the Dickens. That I, I this is actually uh, a book my dad gave me. Um, he bought it not long before I was born. He kind of was into the outdoorsy thing. Uh, and then it got passed down to me. So it, it also has a little bit of sentimental value to me, but they did, they did re-release this book, uh, in 1996. So this, oh, yeah? uh, A-U-D-U-B-O-N Audubon Society, I think the Audubon Society field guide to North American mammals. Uh, and if I still have it up there. Yeah, so, uh, let me just flip back over. So this is the version I have, which is the paperback version, uh, released October 12th, 1980. If you want it used, it's going for 15 bucks. I'm thinking I'm going to pick up another one to start carrying with me so I can kind of retire this one that has the sentimental value to me. But, uh, this is the new one. And honestly, I think all it is, is it's just been redone. This was released in May 21st, 1996. Uh, and it's been updated a little bit, but all the same information's in there. I've been told, um, some of my cohorts at natural resources that I still keep in touch with, they bought the updated books and, uh, it, it, it's basically essentially the same book, just yeah. a little bit of updated information, a little newer diagrams and drawings and stuff like that. So it's, it's not a bad not idea. The uh, the turtleback version, the new version or the old version. Well, there's, there's just to be look to be two buttons and one I thought was paperback. The paperback version is what I got in my hand. This is what they're considering okay. the paperback version, and it's nine dollars and some odd cents. Uh, let me just flip back over. Yeah. It's nine twenty three plus uh, six forty nine shipping, but it's used. Uh, they no longer make this specific copy new. Uh, the yeah. new one you have to get is this turtleback version, which is uh, the updated version. Like I said, same information, just a little little new information i guess like i said it's I, i'm probably going to pick up another copy of this and while i pick up another copy of this i might get the new one and see which see if there is any real difference on it but i i love this book and uh going back to it the uh, field guide to north american mammals like I, I always what got me into bushcrafting was uh being out in the woods and i want to be self-sufficient so hunting of course was a big part of that and trapping and learning how to make traps and identify animals and tracking uh and this book was spot on for so much of it uh the pictures are kind of neat they, they, they just kind of show you the animal itself. Yeah. Uh, but the information that comes with it, like, uh, I'm pretty sure we don't have kangaroo rats here, but, uh, like Northern pocket gopher gives you a description, how to identify it, similar species, habitats, ranges. Uh, and then the other thing that's in this book, that's really good to have is you can find the, um, the tracks. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it, it'll show you what their footprint looks like. Um, and yeah, that this is kind of the one that's kind of defaultly in my bag when I go out into the woods, just cause I, I enjoy, you know, looking at the wildlife and stuff like that. And I'm always trying to improve my tracking and, uh, man, like just animal identification in general by the tracks. And so that that's kind of my go-to reading material. Uh, I have a sort of a similar thing. I have one on birds, uh, I've always enjoyed that one. Uh, so this is the Sibley one. Uh, I, I don't know. I can never get quite enough of these field manuals. And uh, hmm. We were already talking about this. There's another one of mine, Migration of Birds. 
Yeah. The used bookstores are a great place to look for these. And I, and I think I may start spending a bit more time looking in there because now that we got talking about it, I kind of want more. Oh, I have lists of books in my heads now. I'm like, man, I don't know where that book went. I should buy another copy of that. And I'm, I got like a list of 20 books already starting in my head that I'm just going to be like, yeah, I'll buy that and I'll buy that and I'll buy that. This is getting to be an expensive show. Like this, this is starting to really cut into our, our finances. Uh, yeah, the non-existent oh finances. Um. So okay, a field manuals. The other ones I had, I was going to bring up, and I think I'll just throw these out, sort of as a group. Um, and, and I got two authors here. I got one here on ultralight camping. It's it's just jam packed with ideas of how to cut the weight of your kit down. Uh, and on the front, there's a little cartoon of a guy, and it says, food and gear for 10 days under 25 pounds, uh, which is a dream that me and Robert just cannot understand. We uh, took we a turkey have... that was almost 25 pounds for a weekend. <laughs> well, okay. me, me and you believe in comfort. <laughs> and I will drag 50 pounds of gear to be more comfortable. Oh. I told you, a light pack for me is 50 pounds, bud. Woodscraft by Nesmuk. Oh, gosh, I hope I said that right. Uh, Oh, it's on Audible. I may have checked that out. I'm trying to get into audiobooks to listen to while I'm at work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Our podcast to keep going. (laughs) I mean, I I actually... (laughs) I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. We'll, let's stick to the topic. <laughs> Anyways, this one's by Mike Cleveland. Uh And that was a pretty good one. The other two that I have here are actually the Happy Camper. Um, Kevin Callen, he's, he's, he's got a YouTube channel. He's, he does a lot of, he's, he's been on a lot of TV. He's fairly famous. He's based out of Ontario. And, uh, you know, it's essential guide to outdoor life, a practical guide to camping bliss. It is full of, of fun little stories. He's a little bit of a goofball, but he's got a lot of solid information in here. And he covers a lot of the same topics, survival information, knots, uh, how to cook little some recipes and stuff. It's really neat stuff. It's not as uh, essential information, but it's just sort of the difference between survival and enjoyment. This is more on the enjoyment side. Like, how do you make these trips even more enjoyable? And, and it's things that I think, once you get more comfortable out there, these are the things that bring you a lot of joy. So these are really fun to have and read through and, and try out these recipes and these these things. So just something there to, to sort of... And though the last two I got are technically field guides, that's kind of where I threw these into as well, because... Um... <sighs> That that's kind of how I use them, and I, I showed them to you before we started. And it's the uh, the lesser version being the trees of Nova Scotia, and the oh, more yeah. version is native trees of Canada. And these all these started going in my pack when I was doing a lot of summer hiking and stuff like that, just to get familiar with the trees. And it, it was an enjoyable way to pass time once I sat down, set up camp, had a little bit of time to you know just enjoy the area, grab a book, and start identifying some of the trees around me. And I was surprised at what I learned uh, in a okay. short amount of time. I kind of want to borrow the book. I, I'm not going to lie. Which one did you want? 
Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, trees in Nova Scotia is a real good quick reference, but the uh, the native trees of Canada, man, there's a ton of information on that. But what I do like about the uh, trees in Nova Scotia is it gives you like uh, the budding at the different times of years and it graphs. I don't know which way I'm supposed to be going there. Anyway, it graphs it out for size comparison and stuff like that. So this is like a real quick identification for trees in Nova Scotia specifically. But uh, the native trees of Canada, uh, it gives you a little information on trees that aren't specifically native to nova scotia but we have some of them in nova scotia so i i did find a couple gems like that floating around uh by looking in this book um there's just a statement on here but we should have a good book on and navigation and honestly i don't have one here that's specific about navigation but they are covered quite detail in some of these other books yes uh, uh the sas survival guide has an excellent section in it on navigation Orienteering is, is there are books solely on orienteering and how to use a map and compass. And uh, it is an awesome skill to learn and a great thing to have. And I think I do have somewhere, but I, I can't put my finger on it. A book on orienteering. Most of the books I have on uh, orienteering are course manuals. Yeah. Um, now, the reason I didn't include a book on compasses and stuff like that, because I was going to, was my suggestion is, if you're interested in doing map and compass, uh, a book is great if you can sneak into a class or something like that, or even in like an online video, which maybe at some point we have talked about and might do down the road. Um, you're going to get a lot more out of somebody showing it to you, because there's a lot of little nuances, especially if you're using like a map and compass. Uh, that'll just make your life a lot simpler that doesn't really translate across the best through text it does translate if you have your fundamentals but if you're going into it 100 percent new there's just little tips and tricks and stuff like that that just they make things so much easier and if somebody shows you you'll remember it for the rest of your life or you can read it 100 times in a book and not understand it does that make any and kind of sense it does and it's it is one of the most fun skills to learn honestly it really is uh once you've done a bit of it it is a pleasure to do and it really does take practice though you need to get out and use it and if you don't use it you do kind of lose it and it's really good to get back to and do more and more and, and, and that's one of the things with the search and rescue that I do this is something that we practice as often as possible and it never seems to really get to the point where we say oh yeah we've done it so much we don't need to do it again like it's it's a it's a fundamental for what we do um and even then, like, you know, I myself, like, get out there after a few months of not doing it. And, it, and I learned something again. I have to relearn it sometimes. But orienteering, great thing. I would love to actually eventually at some point do a teacher course regularly on that. That is something that we can look into maybe. I don't know what what insurances and stuff we would have to eventually get to do stuff like that. but. If we did a general um, information video, I mean, we could just put a disclaimer liability at the start that it's basic groundwork information. If we wanted to charge people, then liabilities would come into it. Todd makes a fine meal. <laughs> I had to think for a minute about, like, I watched The Patriot. I don't remember that, but I did after I thought about it a little bit enough. I was thinking The Postman for whatever reason. When I was thinking The Patriot, I'm like, I don't remember that. <laughs> The last thing I have here, and it's surprising, like I just went to my shelf where I keep a lot of these types of books and I grabbed them. And I have four, eight, 11 books on just hike trails. 
uh, here, and they're all based here in like in Nova Scotia, Cape Breton, New Brunswick, Halifax Regional Municipality, uh, Nova Scotia Musts, Hiking National Parks of Newfoundland, Atlantic. Well, weird places, Atlantic Canada. That's a bit different, but uh, another one on on uh, Cape Breton. Just neat, neat stuff. Uh, if you if you're in outdoors and you want to know where you can go and see neat things, those kind of hiking books okay. they they open up a world of places to go because that's that's oftentimes more often not the question we get asked. Where can I go camping? Where can I go hiking? Where can I go to see waterfalls? Where can I go to, for a good swimming spot? Where can I go to get into the woods and do the things I want to do? Uh, these books, you know, there are people literally writing books to tell you how to do that. I was just reading yeah. a comment there. Backwoods Cabins of Nova Scotia. Uh, apparently oh. they don't sell it anymore. It's a hard book to find, but if you can borrow it, it's a good read. Uh, the other one that I would throw on there, and I didn't have a copy off it because I couldn't get a hold of Dave Taylor to get a copy off it, was uh, Waterfalls in Nova Scotia. Yeah. So that's yeah. an excellent one that'll take you to a lot of neat spots in Nova Scotia. Yeah, oh, Richard Graves mentioned any books too all the time and that's just it scott like we we are just scratching the surface on the books we could recommend if i could go dig my entire box out of the garage and take in here like i i ben and i could talk for hours on books and what the benefit of some of them are and we are blasting through them quick like i took 10 books ben had probably 10 15 books there uh we're still pushing up on an hour here now and i mean i feel like all we really did was throw the titles at you guys and a few blurbs on them and moved on which and I'm going to tell you the truth, like Morris Kanskanskin, ah, I butchered that name. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> I, I know how to pronounce it. I just can't. Anyways, what you'll actually find is a lot of these other books took information from him, like especially the survival ones and stuff. He, he is, a, is a bit of the grandfather of a lot of these, or so, so untold. And I'm not sure I have any of his books, but I have definitely read stuff from him and about him and i know because i've listened to other people who who've reviewed books and a common thing i've heard is almost everything out there is a rehash of things he said in the past so i would love to get a hold of some of his books and read them to, to, to verify this for myself um but yeah there are some great people out there you mentioned ray mears uh les Stroud, beer grills i mean they, they still have some valid stuff in there too they're not our favorites. I don't think either of us. I had them. a Les Shroud book. I couldn't find it either. I don't know where it was. I was going to throw it up there as one of those uh, kind of, I don't want to say hokey items, but one of those hokey items. I, I, I don't want to offend Les Shroud or anybody that likes Les Shroud because no. great guy. I, I, I couldn't do what he does. Uh, but no. once again, his book for survival fell more into like one of the general broad blanket categories there wasn't a whole ton of very specific information in it which uh i found a little bit disappointing yeah uh, yeah ray mirrors I, I i do have a lot of respect for him i've i've i watched almost probably when i first heard the word bushcraft it was from him and uh it started my journey on the internet to meet other people who are into this stuff. Cause I was into this stuff, but I just didn't realize there was much of a, a community like it is. I knew that there were people who were into the outdoors. I knew there was books out there, but I didn't realize the community was as big until I met 
I started watching his videos and, and looking up things on, on Facebook and all that. Um, and I think my wife introduced me to a lot of stuff. Like she found it, like she knew I was into it and she found it on YouTube and she actually downloaded a lot of his, his shows and stuff. And we spent like a week just watching it all. And it was great. Uh, but no, uh, like you said, we've barely scratched the surface of what's out there. And I think we knew that we were never going to do much more than scratch the surface. Uh, that was never our intent. But uh, I, th I think the real goal here was to let people know that there's a ton of material out there, that it's great information. Um, and uh, I think it's part of the passion. Like when you get into this, you, you, you end up collecting these books and... Uh, they bring great joy. They really do. Um, and, and knowledge. And uh, yeah, I highly encourage people to pick them up. Go to go to used bookstores. Go to thrift stores and see if you can find some of these. Some of the best treasures, like was mentioned up there, like the Backwoods Cabins in Nova Scotia. Like this is a book that's no longer in print. Uh, but if you can get your hands on it, I mean, it's it's... It's almost worth its weight to gold to some people, right? Uh, these little gems out there, I mean, they, they can be a lot of fun to find and collect and read and share and stuff. So. No, I completely agree. And we'd love to hear what your guys' recommendations are, too. I put the I threw a bone out to Nova Scotia Bushcraft on their group to see if they'd pop over and maybe recommend some books. Because, I mean, great wealth of knowledge there, too. And that's the thing. Um, if you can kind of get a, a, a group of friends you can start borrowing and, you know, trading books in between each other to, to get the most of your information. I mean, just in this little thing here, I want to borrow one from Ben. Ben wants to borrow one from me. So I mean, that's, that's what makes the world go round. There's no sense, you know, him running out to buy a book I have or vice versa, unless I get the book and I'm like, okay, I want to copy that for myself, but like, just get out there, do some digging around. Um, use bookstores are great. Thrift stuff, thrift shops, uh, you'll find a lot of good stuff in there. Sometimes you come up nothing, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, you can find stuff everywhere if you're just willing to take a little time, do some digging around. Uh, I got a question. Just a little bit off topic, but not much. What do you think your first book that you ever had that kind of got you an interest in this? <laughs> I know that's the first book I had because it's the first one Dad gave me when I was eight. I remember going up to my grandmother's house or my grandparents' house, and they used to have this green book. It had a paper cover over it, but it was like, uh, I think it had every animal in the world in it. Like, it was a comprehensive book. It was two, three inches thick, and it was a section of reptiles, fish, mammals, birds, you name it. And I wore that book out. A hundred percent all me wearing that book. Out. <laughs> I would book go shot. I would go up every day that I could. And I would open up that book and I would look at a different bird or a different animal and go through it and look at it. And I'm sure my grandmother was sick and tired of seeing that book, but I loved it. And it, you know, I still had that passion for a lot of the stuff today. Uh, and I've, I have a similar book upstairs and honestly it has rarely been taken out and my kids haven't even noticed it, which is a bit of a disappointment. This book and a few other ones dad bought when I was still a kid. Like I, he might've bought them before I was born. I don't know. This, this was a set of three books 
and I can remember the other one vividly. I can't remember the title off it, but it was an actual outdoors guide and it showed basic trapping and it was basic trapping that got me into bushcrafting. This got me outside. Uh, and I think that book got lost when the house burnt in Marigamish. I'll have to ask dad if I could find that book, man, I'd love to get my hands on that too. But I do know this was the big one that started getting me outside and in the woods. Yeah. Ham's beer sign. Let's see. Don't pick up my phone. And you know what? Once again, they're, uh, RBT, Red Bear Tactical. Um, these are just manuals on bushcrafting. I still think if you're going to go out in the woods, you should carry some sort of book. Be it a field manual or just something to read, uh, a Stephen King novel, like whatever. I just picked it, you know, my wife happens to be reading a Stephen King novel. That's why I thought of it. But, I mean, just something to keep you reading because uh, I like it just as I'm laying down to go to sleep. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? It kind of calms things down. There's nothing beats a good book. Um and the next best thing would be to bring a field journal. Um, we talked about this in the past, and I think I even made one. I think these these are the ones that, the one I created. And I haven't really started much with it, but just a field, something like a little book, and write some notes, thoughts when you're out in the woods. It's really kind of interesting where your mind goes when you're out there, right? And that's just it. I've always wanted to kind of make my own. Uh, and this is like one of my dreams and it'll probably never go anywhere, but I really hope I get, I get back to it. I always kind of want to make my own little field guide from my own little, uh, thoughts and little tricks I did. I mean, I, I wouldn't be able to give credit to everybody where I got the information because I mean, I pulled so much information from books and people and stuff like that, but just kind of little nuances I do when I make things and stuff like that. I, I don't expect to get it published or any of that crap, but I've always wanted to, like, at the end of my life or when I'm too old to go in the woods, be able to be like, yeah, I did this, and, you know, give it to my grandkids or my kids or whoever. Some random crazy guy that's trying to steal my hubcaps. Like, I don't know. Too old to go in the woods. That's that's a sad thought, buddy. I, I don't know if I can handle that. Well, <laughs> at some point, I know it's going to happen. It's probably about three or four days before uh, my life expires is my guess, but... <laughs> yeah i i uh i i think it's gonna get a dark conversation if we keep going on this yeah <laughs> i think we'll just leave that one alone but uh anyways uh i think we could probably let this go here uh not because i want to end it but it is over an hour and it seemed like a natural stopping point uh, there's definitely more we can talk about uh, I'm really glad we did this particular episode. I hope people enjoyed it. I see a lot of comments and stuff went through. Like The conversation seemed to be pretty good in this. Uh, I would love, I would absolutely love for people to send me some of their favorite books. Not the physical book, just the just title. The the we'll go pick them up ourselves. Like, I mean, unless you want to send us the book. <laughs> Shameless self-plug. I would absolutely love if you sent me these books, but if just the title and author would be a great help in us locating some of these books, uh, because no library is ever fully complete and, uh, poetry, poetry. you know, you know what? Okay. My dark, dirty secret, huge fan of like Edgar Allan Poe and his poetry and right. stuff. I used to take some of that out when I it was like, you know, 1819 ish in the woods but um i i kind of like that dark 
uh, imagery and poetry. Uh, I mean, without sounding too cheesy, I, I always thought it was beautiful in your mind's eye, if that makes any kind of sense. Like when you're visualizing all the imagery in your head, I thought he had a real nice way of doing it, even though it was a little darker material. Um, now, as about specifically outside, I, I kind of lost my interest in poetry as I got older. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I wish I could say say that I do have a favorite poet. I always thought poetry was something that's that's awesome. I've just never really picked up the passion for it. And I've tried. And I have books on poetry and tried to read them. It just it doesn't quite click with me. And it's it, it feels wrong uh, for some reason that it doesn't. Uh, it's just not my type of intelligence. And I do understand that there's definitely an intelligence to, to poetry. I'm not knocking it at all. It's just one of the things that I I struggle to grasp at. And, and it's similar to music. I don't take the music very well either. Uh, and then people find that weird about me. And it's, that's probably my deep, dark <laughs> secret is, is for all the things that I do find relatively easy to understand and follow, poetry and music is something that, that I struggle with. Uh, and that's my weakness, I guess. Uh, but if anyone has some great poetry that, that I think they, I should read, uh, you know, I'll gladly read it and try my best. And I think what killed it for me is I did go to university. I took some English classes and he made me translate or explain what the meaning of these things was. Mm. And I thought it ruined it for me because I took it at face value as, as how I read it. And they had all these inner meanings and different definitions. And I laid, later late or read that some of these authors actually have wrote about what they meant and it had nothing to do with what any of these you know these university professors said it meant so i don't know maybe i had it right all along maybe i don't but uh, it, it, they they did take that away from me in, in a way that 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 bothers me actually <laughs> <laughs> well i know know thyself right uh just just a quick comment i want to make to roundabout media there uh, he said Nevermore, which is reference to The Raven, probably one of Edgar Allan Poe's most famous uh, poems there. Funny enough, my wife's a big fan of this one specifically, and it's eerily surprising how often you'll just be sitting in some part of the house, and from some other distant part of the house you'll hear, Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered, weak and weary, and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> and then Melissa will burst out of somewhere, like reciting The Raven, and you're just like, What? But no, it just made me think of that. That was absolutely hilarious because it wasn't that long ago. I think it came up on a TV show or something and she started reciting and literally she knows the entire poem by heart, which God love her, I think is awesome. I don't, I'd have to read it again, <laughs> but yeah. But it is a fairly famous poem. It's a well-known poem. And I think almost everyone has read a few Edgar Allan Poe. And I think I had a book on some of his stuff. Um, dang good i'll have to check it out uh but yeah anyway uh i have one last request for our listeners out there specifically those here in nova scotia uh we have had a listener a new listener contact us looking for interesting places to go camping somewhere around the highland areas cape breton areas unfortunately uh all the places i could recommend you basically have to be dropped off by helicopter to get to which is not really what um this individual is looking for he's looking for something that him and his friends a university age student uh they like to be able to go in maybe you know a couple kilometers off the road 
and uh, get into bushcrafting. They're, so they're, they're newer level experience, uh, enthusiastic about it. So is, is there any recommendations out there that you guys could send us? If you know somewhere that's, you know, meets those criteria, uh, shoot us a message, drop us an email, something like that. And I will definitely forward it on to this individual. I don't want to use their name because once again, uh, college students, stuff like that. I don't specifically know their age and all that good stuff, but I, I just don't want to go down that rabbit hole. So I'm not going to disclose their information, but if you want to give it to us, we will uh, disclose it to them. And I don't know if you checked out the the emails that went back and forth there, Ben. I did include you on them. Uh, they might have been in your junk mail because I put you as the, C, uh, the BCC address. Because oh, I didn't want your I personal have... email going out attached to the, the podcast email. I am... Um... I did spend a fair bit of time in Cape Breton, not nearly as much as I'd like. I would definitely go back again anytime. Um, I, I have to be careful saying that because I have projects. Once these projects are done, I will start to be more open to get it. But uh, Waikagama is an area I I was in. And... Steve, Steve just short shafted me here. <laughs> That's why you see me going like this. <laughs> Yes, Steve. I think Robert's coming to visit me very shortly. Just drop that off. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Um, Waikagama. You can go up Waikagama Mountain, and back there, there is a plethora of backwoods trails. Uh, but it's really going to depend on what your vehicle is. Uh, for the first little bit, I think you can get back there with, say, most two-wheel drive vehicles without too much problem. Uh, but do know that these are backwoods, uh, woods, uh, logging roads and stuff. Mm. And some of these roads get very bad very quickly. And you have some big, heavy trucks coming down these roads and they don't stop for a hell of a lot. So you have to take a fair bit of caution with you, but there is a lot of back roads areas in Cape Breton Island. And there is some beautiful areas back there. And I know I have an old GPS somewhere if it still works. And I think it does. I even have some of the spots where I've been moose hunting and, and where we found like tree stands and great ponds and lakes and stuff to, to, that would be potentially good to, to camp at or fish. Uh, so I do have some information uh, about that. But um, Google Maps, honestly, get on Google Maps, look at the backwoods roads and uh, get out there. And honestly, even if you can get to the roads, walk them a bit. You don't have to walk too far and you're you're hit some some good area that 90% of the population never gets to. Um, I was literally just checking my Garmin GPS as I thought I had a GPS file saved with all the waterfalls in Nova Scotia, but I don't. So it must be, I'll contact an individual that might be able to get me another copy of that. There was a shared link on Facebook for, for the longest time that I had. To, I think even if you Google it, uh, if you google waterfalls, waterfalls in nova, nova scotia comes up on a map the only advantage to the gps the garmin thing i had was it had like all the notes on how to get there in the easiest routes and what to watch for and things like that right so i was just hoping i still had that apparently i don't but i can read it before i give it to him or i can just say i never got it and have no idea what you're talking about steve but no we'll make sure it gets to him if you get it to me but anyway yeah so uh cape breton thing there um Check, check your your emails there, Ben. Like I said, I, I BCC'd you. If you don't get them, I'll send it back to you. I, I thought maybe you'd have more insight there. Um, but yeah, 
I, I think that's it for us for tonight. We scratched the surface on some books. Hopefully people will send us some books that we can go and get because we're always looking for a good one. Yeah, no, we are. And uh, yeah, no, great topic. I really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, and we probably will visit some of this again and maybe really get into some of these books, especially like the, the pocket references and some of these hiking books. We never really got to talk about them, but man, there is some awesome hiking. And I, uh, just in that conversation there, though, like I have a couple here on Cape Breton, like hiking trails of Cape, Cape Breton. Uh, Michael Haynes, he does a whole bunch of hiking ones for Nova Scotia. That that would be a great one for anyone looking to to look up. Um, yeah, two or three of my books are by him. Aldo um, Leopold, a Sand Country Almanac. Uh, no, sorry, Ben. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I was just trying to actually say that out loud. Sorry. Yeah, no, I mentioned Michael Haynes. He's a great author for uh, hiking trails in no in Newfoundland or no, in Nova Scotia, and he has some specific to Cape Breton. That might be a great uh, source for anyone looking to explore Cape Breton. Um, yeah, Highlands, the National Park, Northern, Southeastern, Southwestern. Yeah. I don't know if Harold and Wendy Nesbitt are still doing it anymore, but they used to do the motorcycle uh, tour guide of Nova Scotia. That's another oh, great yeah. book to throw in your back pocket, and you'll find some interesting stuff because they, they don't take you down the main roads. It's all like the scenic routes, and there's some great places off those scenic routes that have camping parks or just nice places on Crown Land where you can set up. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. But, uh, Nova Scotia Motorcycle Tour Guide, that's what it's called. And that was Wendy and Harold Nesbitt. Uh, that, that were originally putting that out. I don't know if they still do or who's doing it now or any of that. Cause I haven't talked to them in probably, oh gosh, 10 years now, but, uh, but yeah, Anywho, yeah, we tried to come this 15 minutes ago. So. <laughs> and that's why I'm just stopping. I'm just shutting myself down at this point. Cause I could get us going again, but yeah. So I think that's it for us for tonight. <laughs> Night off. Night everybody.